welcome, welcome back everybody to Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. Um, real quick, have you guys ever just been driving along the road and you see a cop car? Now, mind you, in my head at least, I know I feel like cops are actually playing mind games with you. Because they will sit up and tail you for like three, four exits and then speed right on past your ass. Then you somehow get up close to them again and then they slow down because it's like they're just trying to bait you, or they're just, or they're just fucking with you. Ah, that's just me personally. That happened to me this morning. I was coming back to the crib, and I'm just like the whole time this man is smooth playing games with me. Like it's, it don't make no damn sense. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get on to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot to talk about today. Shout outs real quick. Want to uh, say what's up to my man Race and Bowden. Uh, he's a fencer. <laughs> Not like the stealing type, no, no, like like the actual like fencing, like that type of fencing, right? So he's part of the Pan American Championship team, and he was actually kneeling after they won the after they won the gold medal. He is a six foot one Caucasian male, a white guy, and he weighs about a buck fifty five, right? So I'm gonna just let you know right now, kudos, boss. Like, we appreciate you at minimum. You now have gotten at some black supporters, not just for you, but for fencing in general. Like, I'll actually be looking for you guys at Tokyo 2020. I may or may not be there. I'm still trying to decide, actually. It may get a little saucy. But yeah, let's go ahead and get on to the show, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so... I'm going to hit you guys with a quick little analysis. I'm, I'm, I want to do this every episode, right? Just give a new analysis for new teams. Uh, I'm trying, I want to get all of them before the season starts. I think there would are, thir- there, no, I'm sorry, there are 32 teams. And I think by the time the season starts, there would be like 22 episodes. And I only want to do like one per episode. I'll see how it goes. But we're going to start off with the Brooklyn Nets, right? So, some things that they need to occur for the following year to go smoothly. As we all know, KD's out. Cool. Let's let's save that for later. Uh, my first thing, Kyrie needs to show that he can get the other teammates involved. We don't need a repeat of the Celtics. Now, I'm not saying again, as I've stated before, the Celtics was not Kyrie's problem. Like, that wasn't, he, he wasn't the main reason, I think. So, that was more so management and the coaches, they didn't let the players the play that they the way they should have. Gordon should have came off the bench. You let Kyrie and Tatum be your one and two, with Horford being your passing big man per usual. You let Jalen Brown be a little spark plug as well, potentially with Gordon Hayward off the bench. And you bring Marcus Smart in for the starter just to balance everything out. And then the best player plays on the at the end. I think they would have worked with that, right? But Kyrie's leadership got taken quite a bit of a hit and also he needs to show too he doesn't need a superstar Kyrie's a good talented player smart cat talked to him myself one time back in my freshman day we're not gonna talk about it too much but um but yeah he's a decent dude and I think he can actually do a lot in the NBA more than what he showed so with that he needs to really just showcase the type of player that I myself know that he can actually be um Shooting, shooting is going to be a must. They uh they do have Joe Harris who was shooting forty seven percent, Carlos Levert thirty one percent. You know, 
Just whatever. Um, Torian Prince. He shot 39%. That was actually impressive. I was not expecting that when I was looking down the stat lines. Um, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer dropped 33%. Okay. That's cool with me. Um, it's, not, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's workable. Henry Ellison in, in limited minutes. You know, he had 13.6 minutes. He shot 45%. I think he was hitting like maybe two or something like that. So he's a stretch four. So you have shooting on the team. And luckily, most of these players, with the exception of Henry Ellison, averaged 10 plus points. So you have your 3 and D players. You have your stretch abilities. Or you have your players who can stretch the floor. And I like the and I need I need Dinwiddie to shoot a little better, and then Levert's going to be coming off the bench for me. So get his up to thirty five. Dinwiddie, if you can bring yours like percentage of three point shooting a percentage up to like thirty seven, thirty eight percent, that'll allow Kyrie to help drive. And, Ky, and Kyrie can already shoot pretty well as a damn self. So because right now this next year is really just trying to figure out how the team's going to work. Because you know KD's going to get you a bucket when need be, but you need other facets of the game outside of just KD. You cannot rely. I mean, you can rely on Katie. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. But he'll be coming off. He'll be coming off injury. You want to work him in there. Make stuff nice and simple. Get your team flowing together. You know, get that nice gel going. Or get a nice gel going, and everything will be situated. Um, third thing too. Develop Jared Allen. Please develop Jared Allen. The boy a little skinny. He gonna bulk up a little bit. I think DeAndre is actually a good person to take him under his wing. DeAndre had a lot of uh, fuck-ups. Let's keep it a buck. His free throws were abysmal. Now, I think there's around like 70%, 70-71. And Jerry Allen's around the same area. Might be a little higher. Might be a little higher. Uh, DeAndre is just the better... I'm sorry, he's the more experienced player right now. But Jarrett has more potential. He's better... He could be a better offensive player. Lanky... Got a lot of bounce to him. Could get better. Could get more rebounds, more blocks, probably more steals. I think he is lankier than DeAndre Jordan. So you got to You got to You have to develop Jared Allen. That's a must because you, I don't want to rely on KD. Although he can be a good defender, elite defender actually. I don't want to rely on a 33 year old Kevin Durant to be how he was on the Warriors defensively. You don't need that now. He needs to be a scorer and a playmaker. He can defend, but that that should be his best concern. That that should be his most concern. Getting rebounds, playmaking, like that would make the Nets blossom. And then four, don't rush back KD. Please don't. Cause we saw what rushing back does to him. The whole time, we haven't ruled out the possibility of KD returning. I don't think it's wise, like I said. I think you need to ease him back into the system, which probably means take off a year. The recovery process will be about four to six months, according to Medline Plus and Web and WebMD. Uh, the Achilles is the largest tendon in the body and it connects your calf muscle to your heel bone. So this allows you to get that push off that you need to pretty much jump, walk, run. You know, things that kind of help you out on the basketball court, right? And after four to six months, it's expected to have a full recovery. Um, you don't necessarily expect to get your 100% strength back, right? And if you have four to six months for full recovery, then you got to get in the basket. You got to get in the game shape. That is a legit thing. Okay, that just means you can walk around and push off. You still have to strengthen your body back up to get it back to that point. So that full year, 
he could actually take that time off. You know, because this is he's an integral part to the team. Like if if he gets injured again, the Nets lost. Like they just lost because now you got to recoup. You got to have him rehab again, bro. Like nah, and then he's and then he's gonna be a lot older at that point. So no, you need to you need to ease him back into the into the game. Ease him into this. Like I said, just build the team up so that way they can support him. He'll get you the bucket when need be. That's no question about it. But let's just wait a lot. Let's just wait some time and, and, and build him up a little bit. My fifth thing is I think year one, it's going to be if everybody was healthy, if everybody was healthy, their quote unquote death lineup would be the Nets would be Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Prince, KD, and I, I got to go Jordan just for the experience. Just for the experience. But like the, the next year, so when KD actually is healthy, it needs to be the following. Kyrie, Dinwiddie. And the reason I say Dinwiddie is because Dinwiddie is 6'6". And he's a combo guard. So if he can get that three-point percentage up there, that means Kyrie can play off-ball. Dinwiddie can focus on playmaking and defense. You still got Prince. You got Tareem Prince up there. 6'8". Can shoot the ball. Like I said, he shot 39% from three. Very good. Can guard some small forwards, or can guard can guard small forwards. You got you put the K, you put KD at the four. Easy, like how, how many fours are fucking with KD? Come on, boss. And then Jared Allen. This is when the this is the, that's the year when Jared Allen needs to be the best center on the team. He can easily be like a Clint Capella and a Rudy Gobert combined. That's how I personally see the boy. Maybe I'm speaking too highly on him, but it is what it is. The whole time, we haven't ruled out the possibility of KD returning. Like, let, I don't think it's wise, like I said, in point four. I think you need to ease him back into the system, which probably means take off a year. Um, I, I did a little research. A few... Alright, so quarter two... The NBA schedule finally released yesterday. Oh my god, like I'm happy. Now, we have some notable games. Let, let, let's just go ahead and go down the list real fast. The first day of the NBA, October 22nd. The last day, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, should be should be April 16th. Opening night. We're gonna start the season off with the Raptors, of course, the defending champs, makes sense. Pay respect to them. They they luckily won, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, they're gonna be playing the Pelicans. So we get to see the, we we get to see the defending champs get their rings, and we also get to see Zion. Like that's game one, baby. That's game one. A damn one, Vivian. Day damn one. But yeah, so we have Pelicans versus Raptors. And of course, to start it off, Lakers versus Clippers. Casual, right? Now, the next day, Sixers versus Celtics. The Celtics visit Al Horford. And uh, that's going to be a good one, actually. I, that could actually be a good one because the Celtics right now are trying to get that cohesion with Kimba, um, Jason Tatum, and and Jalen Brown right now. 
So you get all them boys actually squared away. I think personally the Celtics lose, but they can make stuff interesting for certain. Definitely for certain. They just need to get more big men. That's all that is. The next day, Clippers at Warriors. So we get to see the Chase Center for starters. Like, finally, we get to see the Chase Center. And Kawhi gets to play the Warriors again. So it's going to be Steph versus Kawhi. We get to see how D'Lo and Steph, how that co- how that chemistry works. Also, Willie Cauley-Stein's out there. I like Willie Cauley-Stein. He's kind of a... To me, he's a he should be more he should be a lot better than JaVel McGee was. Just to be honest with you. That's what he should be. If he will be, I don't know, but that team could work out very I don't I'm not saying championship this year, but that team could pan out very well. That should be a good game though. That should be a good game. We also get to see Sweet Lou and them boys play. Look The first the first two days first three days is like gonna be smooth as hell. Now Let's transition down to the Thanksgiving Eve days. That's right. I said the Thanksgiving Eve days, okay? Or, I'm sorry, day. And um, we have the Lakers versus the Pelicans. So, there's a myriad of things right here. We got Anthony Davis returning. He should get a bevy of booze at the Smoothie King Arena. Uh, For those of you guys who don't know, that's the Pelicans Arena name, by the way. And we also get to see Braun versus Zion. Is this... I don't know how to actually package that up. We got two freak of natures going at it, and they might be playing the same position. We don't know, but that should be a good game, though. Like, even if even if the Pelicans get their ass whooped, which there's a possibility they might not actually, they could win the game. On paper, they could. On paper, you can make an argument that they could very easily beat us in a series. Not very easy, I lied. That they could beat us in a series. You could make an argument and then not be completely foolish. That's where I feel. So, that's going to be a great game. Uh, Nets versus Celtics. Both of these, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be November 27th. So, we get to see Kyrie return to Boston. Ooh. You know his ass is getting saucy. Like, someone is getting cooked. It might be Kimba. It might be Jalen Brown. Or it might be Jason Tatum. Or all three of the motherfuckers might just get hit. Like, I don't know. It, it, that game is about to be wild. And you know them boys are going to come back at Kyrie, too. Like, that game is going to... I don't know which one has more hype around it. The Nets and Celtics or the Lakers and Pelicans. Like, both of them are going to get... Like, Kyrie might get some booze. You could also cheer for him, too. Like, I mean, he put in work. I ain't going to hold you. And it, that's going to be tough. The... I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I can't. Oh, and then we get the Clippers at Raptors. So this is the first time when Kawhi is going to go back to the uh, is going to go back to Toronto. That's going to be December 11th. Everybody mark your calendars. Now, a game that everybody I know is going to be talking about on January 9th: Rockets at Thunder. That's right, Rockets at Thunder. So we we have Russell Westbrook returning to the Thunder. And he will be cheered for like has been like no one's been cheered for before. I mean, of course, except for the greats. But you get what I'm saying. He's gonna have himself a nice little field day, where of course he's gonna go off. Might even be a little emotional for him. You know, we we don't know. I'm like we don't know that. I personally think he might get a little teary eyed. But I mean, he was there for so long, so he 
he had like it's gonna be tough, but that's gonna be a great game. I mean, Thunder probably gonna get the ass whooped. Don't get me wrong. Even if CP's still there, and then you have CP like facing his old. No one cares about that aspect of it. It's cute, but that's obviously not gonna be the biggest attraction for that game. So it it really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then of course we have the Christmas games. You have the returning games. Um, again, Christmas games are Lakers versus Clippers, Celtics versus Raptors, Pelicans versus Nuggets. Bucks versus Sixers and Rockets versus Warriors, so those will all be great to see. Um, I think we already know the Lakers versus Clippers is going to be at eight o'clock game, Eastern Time. You may start off, and then you may end with the Pelicans and Nuggets, or you could start off with the Pelicans and Nuggets. To be honest with you, they can be like, oh, Christmas Day, or maybe it'll be the second game. I would probably go Celtics Raptors first. Bucks, Sixers next. Pelicans versus Nuggets. Lakers versus Clippers. And then Rockets versus Warriors. That would be the order for me. And like I said, the return games, we already mentioned Russ and Kawhi. I don't, again, I don't think they're getting booed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Paul George and Anthony Davis might be getting booed. <laughs> Anthony Davis for damn sure. PG, I don't know. that They may let that slide the way it happened. But that's gonna be interesting. That I'm, I'm excited. I'm gonna be a happy camper. All right. So quarter three, we got pretty much the NCAA versus the players at this point. Damn, because not only can they not be professionals in return, which I mean that makes sense, or not only can they not make money, and now that don't make sense. Like. They can't even have their age like their agents now have to have a degree. Like luckily the NCAA actually backtracked that. Like good for you, fine. Good for you. Cause that was actually starting to sound a little stupid. Like I said, the the as it was deemed the Rich Paul rule, which is by the way, Rich Paul is LeBron James' agent along with Anthony Davis and a few other players out there. Uh, but most notably them too, because it was a poor it was a we're not going to talk about it. Anyways, we're not going to talk about the potential conspiracy that they might have coerced their way to get together and play with one another. It is what it is. But the Rich Paul rule was brought by the NCAA to say that the agent has to have a bachelor degree and also has to be in good standing with the National Basketball Player Association. So I wasn't really too fond of that, nor were a lot of people. Uh, again, they changed it, so... Obviously, they realized the error in their ways. But to me, it's, it just seemed like they were trying to push. I know, okay, they were tr what they were trying to do, because at first you used the race car, like, oh, no, that's racist, this, that, and the third. Mm, not necessarily, and here's why I say why. I was listening to uh, Stephen A. Smith, and it's actually a, I can, I can, I'll play this clip for you guys in a second, actually, but pretty much it was about how Condoleezza Rice led it, Grant Hill, and David Robinson, they all led that movement, right? Those are three black people now.
I get it. Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State under the Bush campaign. She's from Stanford, Grant Hill from Duke, came up from a good home. So you might, he might come off like he might not understand, might not be able to resonate with, with, with minorities. Uh, David Robinson, Navy cat. So he might be down with the yes sir treatment, like you know, military cats. Like while they're strong, don't get me, don't, don't, do not get me wrong. He could be more of like a systemic robot, if you will, yes sir, yes sir type deal. So you. I don't think so, but so I can see how someone may try to like may try to like view him that way, right? I'm I'm, I'm just trying to put it, I'm just trying to put this into into perspective. God, I got to work on that. So <laughs> I can see that, but they were genuinely trying to just look out for the kids in this scenario. You know, there are a lot of people who could sit up there and be phony at their jobs. I just I'm not saying this person was phony, but. You have a lot of crooks out there. I just went through that personally on a um, on a personal level where, you know, I was trying to, I was looking at purchasing something and then the person who was like actually an agent, they ended up losing their license because it was, they were doing some dumb shit, right? So we're trying to deter from actually having a lot of instances where people are being led astray. And I think that's where the whole issue with the whole experience thing I'm glad they kept that you have to be in good standing with the NBPA. That's the National Basketball Player Association again. However, the bachelor degree one, I think that was actually a little bit too much. And the reason why I say that is because it did seem like it was being geared towards minorities. That I, they, I don't, I'm not trying to make this a racing. I really, I, I'm not trying to. But at the same time, it kind of is one. And And the reason why I say that is... Yeah, we got we, we have more minorities now attending college than than back in the day. Okay, cool. Like like I'm not trying to make this a race thing, but we all know at the end of the day there is a little bit of a difference when it comes to blacks being able to not even just graduate from college, but even get to college. That typically not even just black people, minorities in general. There's that whole issue, right? And I think that's I thought like that's where the rule was gearing it towards. Like they they were really trying to. I think it was just unfortunately it was going to affect the minorities more more so than like the Caucasians typically. And that's unfortunate. That's how the that's how the world works currently. We need to change that. Get a little more equal. And I'm glad the NCAA did make a little step towards it. They still have a few ways to go. They still have some issues. Don't get me wrong, but we did make a little. We did make some headway with that, so I, I will give them credit at least, but you can't teach experience. As the movie Aladdin said, you cannot teach experience at all, you know? So, because if you could teach experience, or if, you, if you're going to disregard experience, then that means players who turn coaches wouldn't be able to get a shot. Or might not be able to get a shot. Not everyone graduates now. Let's keep let's keep a buck. Not everyone graduates, but you can coach your ass off if push comes to shove. Like if you have the experience, so that means players like, even though you know they might actually have a degree, but Patrick Ewing, Penny Hardaway, Juan Howard, Jerry Stackhouse, Aaron McKee. Like let's say these fellas didn't have degrees, right? So now they can't, but are you saying they can't represent somebody? 
Because that's foolish. Like, if they've gone through and experienced and witnessed things behind the scenes and have a good baseline knowledge, let them boys work. But, like I said, they have rescinded that offer, so I ain't gonna beat, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. So let's go ahead. Hopefully the NCAA can actually continue to improve, get a little better. But, yeah, y'all almost made me not watch this damn season. I ain't going to hold you. All right, so quarter four for me is a little personal, right? I put this on the post. For, I put this on the IG page for you guys. And um, I put out a put out an all-time what-if team, right? So I threw out there D-Rose, shout-outs. T-Mac, shout-outs. Grant Hill, shout-outs. Lynn Bias, respects. And Yao Ming, salute. So... The reason why I put them boys out there, let, let's just go down this line up real fast. D-Rose was the youngest MVP, and he won Rookie of the Year. T-Mac, multiple-time score or two-time scoring champion. And mind you, all these players have gone to the playoffs. I mean, have gone to the, um, I guess to the playoffs, yeah, to the playoffs, and have been All-Stars, multiple-year All-Stars. So, multiple-time All-Stars, except for Lynn Bias. We'll get to that later. Um, like I said, so T-Mac, cover. Grant Hill. Grant Hill, ladies and gentlemen, was supposed to be LeBron before LeBron got there. Like He was putting up numbers like 21, 7, and 5. Casual numbers. Like, very good. And that's, I'm talking about early in his career, too. Early. But, injuries riddled him. 6'8", athlete. Couldn't really touch him. Like, and he knew how to play the game. He was, he studied under Duke. So he knew how to get into a system, really learn a niche if he had to, but he, he could have been an all-star, like a superstar. Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias was supposed to be better than Jordan coming out of the NBA or, or coming into the NBA. He got drafted by the Celtics and then overdosed. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, don't just say no to drugs. He just overdosed, unfortunately, and that was the end of that. He did not play a game at all. Um... But based off the hype of Jordan, if every, every and I mean everyone was saying that he was supposed to be better than Jordan, he has to go up on this list because no one else is is gotten that praise at all. And then Yao Ming, international sensation, like seven six, come on, or seven six, seven three, something like that. Like the the boy was the motherfucker was tall, right? He was in the All-Stars every year. He was in the All-Star game every year, ladies and gentlemen. So that means from his rookie year to his last year, when he played, he was in the All-Star game. Not too many people do that. Not too many people do that. I don't, I, I don't care how talented you are. Not a lot of people have done that. So we got those players on the team. That's that's who I picked, Okay. Um, a few of you guys had a little disagreements, and I understand so. I understand why. You have a, a few honorable mentions out here. Brandon Roy off the Blazers. Uh, he went sixth in 2006 uh, out of Washington. And he played about six seasons. Not about. He played six seasons. And this one's tough. He was an all-star for three of those seasons. Played in three playoffs. Like I said, the boy... The boy was smooth. He won Rookie of the Year. And it's funny because his last name is Roy. So Brandon Roy won the Roy Award. But 
Knee problems really just screwed him over. He had knee problems since college. Uh, he had knee surgery in 2012, and his career was just done after that. He didn't. He never came back to form. He, he that that one's a sad one. I get why the boy was smooth. Like the boy was smooth. Even Kobe Bryant said so. Or well, that was the hardest play to guard in the West um, for him. So you have. You have Brandon Roy, and again, he averaged 18.8 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. So, yeah, man. Damn. I was watching some of the highlights, too. I forgot about him a little bit. That motherfucker was smooth. Uh, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway went third in the 93 draft. Uh, came out of Memphis, and, of course, he went to the Magic. Now, he played 14 seasons with a four-time All-Star. Eight playoff appearances. He averaged for his career 15 points, four and a half rebounds, five assists. Of course, all these stats get a little watered down because they calculate the, the end of their career stats too, right? So he's really not necessarily a 15 point, but that's just a career. During his real, during the penny days, my man was in the 20s, okay? The boy was getting a bucket, like easy. But according to Dr. James Andrews, who's a uh, who's an MD, he was the same guy who pretty much fixed An- not Anthony Davis, Adrian Peterson all day AD um, NFL running back. He fixes he got his uh, ACL injury fi- like taken care of right. That's the same doctor, and this doctor, Dr. Andrews, said that Hardaway or said that Penny had articular cartilage injury, and that's uh, it's affecting the smooth lining of the joint which allows the gliding of the joint so and the body doesn't really have a way to regenerate that part so that's what happened to penny sucks tough like he actually could have made himself i know people i've heard if penny wasn't injured you know penny could have been kobe for kobe i get that he was a six seven point guard pretty much which you could Throw Kobe. You could kind of, you could have made Kobe a point guard the whole time, but probably the more scoring. But Penny was ah, it's tough. Like I, I hate the fact that you take Penny and Bro- and Brandon Roy off the off the all time what if like team, man. I just don't see them beating the other players. I don't. And my third, and my third honorable mention, Greg Oden. Greg Oden only played three seasons, and when I say played, I'm putting air quotes around that played, because he was like. So let's let's go down the list, right? He drafted number one, went to Portland. Um, this was a 2007 draft. Came out of OSU. Uh, he actually played with Mike Conley in the championship game against Florida against Joakim Noah and all them boys, right? Corey Brewer and all them. So he injured his right knee. Uh, Greg Oden he injured his right knee and had to have surgery, and. He missed his entire rookie season, so he ends up playing the 2008 season. So he's going to be a rookie. Remember that whole? You remember how Ben Simmons was a rookie, but he because he missed his whole year. Yeah, that happened with with Greg Oden before him. So this is new shit. But he played about 13 minutes in his season debut against my Lakers. You know, and he messes his foot up. So now he has to miss out more time. It was just nagging. It was just those same injuries over and over. He couldn't, and he just couldn't get to form. Although there was a game, I think uh, it was in like 2009 against the Bucks, where he actually dropped 24 and 15. I remember that game too. He was a monster. That could have been Greg Oden. He had that type of potential. Like he reminded me of someone who could be like a David Robinson. But 
just taller and maybe more, a little more defensive oriented. But yeah, he, he. I understand why you guys put him on this list. Uh, hella potential. All right, well, that's all the time I have for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause. Um, tune in next time. Hopefully we'll give you another little an- analysis and then some, uh, some new news. I don't know what to tell you. It's so far, yo, the, the, the NBA offseason is not bad. It's been actually one of the better ones. And it's just making me more intrigued for the damn show. Like, for the for the season to start, I'm just waiting for the parody, man. I'm just waiting for to see who's going to come out on top. The playoffs is going to be nice. Oh, my God, I wish we had the 1 through 16 seeded team, like, playoff system like I've been asking for. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll take what I can get for right now. All right. You guys have a wonderful one. Take care. See you.